This is the GPL Podcast, sponsored by Vintage Minnesota Hockey, your exclusive source for throwback Minnesota jerseys. Visit VintageMNHockey.com. Now, here's Hammy, Vigo, and your host, Jupiter. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast. This is podcast number 90. Getting close to 100, Hammy. We're getting close. God, it's, it doesn't, I, I'm actually su- a little bit surprised it's not even more than that. It seems like it's been... <laughs> We've been doing you, it well, a You long know what time. I'm saying? It's like it seems oh, like yeah. it was a long time ago when Cardinal was on doing this stuff with us. And, uh, well, 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 you know, you don't really realize it, you know, how many weeks there are and all that stuff. You'd think there'd be almost even more, but... Well, as you can hear, it's only Hammy and myself this week. Uh, Vigo is a bit under the weather, so uh, he's taking the night off, which is fine because you know he sent me audio of Lucia and uh, uh, Bischoff and Shearhorn today, so that's his contribution. Did he have a Did he have a cold or what's his issue? Ah, uh, he's got some flu issues, so oh, that stuff's kind of going around. I think, yeah, right yeah, I'm trying to avoid it, so. Well, anyway, Hammy, you were off last week because you were partying in Vegas, dude. How was Vegas? I was good. I wouldn't exactly call it partying. It yeah, was it's, all it's business, but it's still Vegas, man. Yeah, we. Uh, I gotta say that the first the Thursday night game, I was on top of the palms at the Ghost Bar. So, needless to say, I didn't really see a hell of a lot of that game. Well, you really but, didn't uh, miss much. <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw that. Yeah, they didn't exactly play to their uh, – well, I mean, I guess it's kind of typical of how they've been this year that it seems like they, when they have one of those kinds of series where they're against a quality team, they'll have kind of one crap performance or, you know, mediocre performance, and then they'll kind of do enough the next night to, to win a game or vice versa. So it's uh, I guess it's not totally shocking. Well, what you did miss is, I believe, when it became five or maybe even six nothing, I didn't see this, but I heard a fan took off their jersey and threw it onto the ice. Wow! Uh, yes, that is obviously a very I, unhappy fan. I, I did not see it because once it hit, like I want to say, it was getting close to. Uh, well, it might have been five nothing. I packed up my camera gear and started heading upstairs because um, I didn't want to wait. <laughs> And apparently, it was either the five nothing goal or right after that when Connor Kyle Connor made it six nothing. Um, I've been told that somebody threw their jersey on the ice over the benches, so it was off to the side. It was picked up pretty quickly, but uh, boy, Hammy, uh, you're down six nothing at home to Michigan. I don't care how good Minnesota is or how bad or whatever. That is just inexcusable. Yeah, well, I guess it's a little bit of a. Uh... <laughs> Turn about us, you know, fair play with how we uh, trash Wisconsin on their home ice this year. So you know, we um, fortunately we we've got one win this weekend, but or this last weekend. But uh, yeah, that's never good. You know, Michigan is just one of those teams where if you give them enough good opportunities, they've got a lot of offensive talent that they can, uh, you know, they can bury you quick. So I mean, it's considering how we played defense at times throughout this year. Um, you know, we've been lucky that Shearhorn's played as well as he has. Otherwise, uh, there, you might have seen a few other games that ended up like that. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty unfortunate to have that kind of a game. But you know the fans are pissed off if somebody throws a jersey on the ice. That is just ugly. 
I mean, sure, Minnesota got a couple garbage goals at the end to prevent the shutout, but... Uh, and, and the thing is, the game was close. It was only 2 nothing going into the third. It wasn't that bad. And then, boy, midway through the third, you know, bam, bam, bam. It was over quick. So it's yeah, kind of well, good. It's, it's I mean, good that you're at the top of the palms, dude, because you missed nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is, like I said, Michigan has got that kind of offensive talent where... You know, they can really put it, the hammer down quick if you're not, you know, taking care of your defensive responsibilities. And um, so, I, you know, it's not entirely shocking that something like that would happen if uh, you're not playing to your capabilities in your own zone. So, yeah, I, I guess I can't say I, I feel too bad that I missed that game. <laughs> I, I think I, I could have put some pictures on, uh, you know, Twitter for everybody, but I didn't. I didn't want to like rub it down. I mean, I was checking on the score here or there that night, but <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I probably should not rub salt in the wound." And you know, people are probably pissed enough. Well, you know, they at least did make it up a little bit by uh, you know Friday night's game. They win three to two. Um, obviously, uh, a much better result, a much better effort by the boys at, at shutting down Michigan and their offense. Um, yeah, I, I, I excuse me. I suppose you didn't see Friday night's game either. Well, I saw some of it. I saw some of the highlights. Yep. I, I didn't uh, watch the entire game. Obviously, I saw Fashing's winner. I mean, that was obviously uh, you know that, that a was a blast. Shot. I must say that that was a pretty impressive shot because I don't think Racine even saw it coming. Yeah, I mean that was definitely you know he really sizzled that one. There's no doubt about it. And you know the thing is is that. Um, you know, a lot of times you you don't really see fashing scoring those kinds of goals. I mean, usually they're kind of mm-hmm. those using your physicality, goal mouse scramble, you know, that kind of thing with him a lot of the time. And, uh, you know, you're not really used to I mean, that was almost kind of like a Bukestad kind of a shot, you know, from the slot where you just kind of power it past a goalie. And uh, we haven't seen quite as much of that from fashing over, the, over his college career. So that was kind of nice to see for him to kind of step up and bang went home like that. Well, one thing that I that I liked about it is that he was tapping his stick on the ice. He wanted the puck. Yeah, he, well, exactly. He, I think he I, knew he knew all along if he gets the puck, he's just going to slam it, and that's exactly what he did. Well, and you know the thing is, is that I I think was it Novak that uh, passed him that puck on that play. I, I mean, you yes, probably I couldn't so. have asked for a better. You probably couldn't have asked for a better you know player to kind of saucer the puck to you because he's got really a great mm-hmm. passing ability and. Uh, he definitely laid it right into the wheelhouse for fashing, and he not nailed it home. And really, it could have been just a head thing with Racine, because obviously in the second period, Racine gave up that bouncer goal to Leon Bristed, and it definitely shook him up. I mean, I've always felt bad for any goalie. You know, when that puck bounces a certain distance from you, you just, it's so hard to predict. It definitely shook it, him up, because in the third period, I was, you know, I was, uh, I was shooting near him, and another dribbler came in, and he kind of struggled with it a little bit. And the funny thing is, you know, he made the save. He turned it, you know, he turned the puck off the side, but he just kind of put his head up and like said, "Are you kidding me?" And he literally had a look on his face, like, "I just struggled with another one. What is going on here?" And then, of course, the fans gave him a hard time. But uh, you know, Racine played pretty well the night before. But that one little goal could really shake you up, and that might have kind of set the tone for, you know, for the Hudson Fashion goal. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, we've talked, we've seen it with like Frazee, you know, yep. sometimes you get those goals where um, they just have that kind of a tricky bounce. I think there was one in the NHL recently that I saw 
where it was just uh, one of those where the puck landed on its edge and it just kind of took this funny bounce, kind of almost like it was a curveball in a sense, and it just mm-hmm. got by the goalie. And, you know, sometimes that stuff happens. It's totally fluke. And, um, you know, if you're a goalie, you just kind of have to shrug that off and realize that, it you know, sometimes it's, just, it's not a matter of you being a poor goalie. It's just a fact of it's a fluke thing that happens every so often. I mean, if that puck is tumbling at all in the air on those higher shots, I mean, literally the puck can land like a football. It could squirt this way, that way, bounce up. It's just so not – it's not predictable. I mean, people were giving Racy a hard time. Maybe he should have been out of his net more. But it, it literally it was just a fluky thing. I mean, I, I don't blame Racy at all. Well, you know, sometimes you have – it's almost like in baseball where you're mm-hmm. kind of – you're getting that line drive hit at you and you're like – caught in between like if i really go for it and i miss it it's going to be to the wall you know get past me if i kind of play it safe i mean i'm not gonna i'm definitely not going to get to it so sometimes those kinds of things happen to a goalie where it's like it's kind of a tough call and you have to just figure it out on the fly and sometimes you just don't get it right well one thing that uh i hope is a permanent change this weekend or this coming weekend is uh mr jack sadick playing full-time Obviously, the the Thursday game when uh, Collins gave up that puck and right in front of the net, or he fanned on a puck and then had little effort to stop the goal from happening. Uh, we didn't see him Friday. Not surprising. I hope we don't see him again. I'm, I'm not trying to beat hard on the kid, but I'm sorry. I just think Sadek is playing better and deserves a spot right now. You know, Lucia keeps spouting, oh, we want to keep everyone fresh, keep everyone fresh. You know what? It's crunch time, Don. You need to play the players who are playing well. And I think uh, Sadik in for Collins or even Sadik in for Glover at times is probably the better choice. Well, I mean, I've been, you know, I feel pretty confident from what I've seen. I mean, it's not like uh, Sadik's been getting ample amount of playing time, and I'm not at practice every day or every week to see what goes on. So um, I just know what I see in games, and I, I feel like he certainly moves the puck well, and you feel a lot more confident with him in there. And, you know, I don't know what Collins has just kind of regressed this year. I really expected him to have a you know a solid sophomore year, considering I you know I thought he actually played pretty relatively well last year. Um, you know, he wasn't great, but he was mm-hmm. certainly solid enough that he felt like you could count on him, from, especially defensively. And um, it just hasn't been that way this year, and that's that's been kind of a frustrating thing. And um, you know, sometimes I think Lucia kind of has some of these guys that. For one reason or another, he just doesn't want to sit him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what the reasoning is. He's got his own, obviously, reasons. But, I mean, it's kind of like Cammy when he struggled. It's like uh, you kind of say to yourself, maybe the kid needs to see the pine and, you know, to get some different perspective. And But he keeps rolling the guy out there. So I guess you just got to hope that the kid wakes up. And if not this year, then hopefully next year he'll grow and be a more solid player. Well. You know, obviously, uh, Lucia is trying to keep seven guys fresh, yada, yada, yada. But I think um, I think Collins, uh, he's just down in the dumps right now. His confidence is zero. And I think uh, Lucia just keeps throwing him out there because he doesn't want it to get even lower. I mean, if you sit him on the pine for a while, I mean, this kid could just really go into the dumps. Apparently, you know, he knew that he wasn't going to be making that U.S. team, the junior team, and uh, he knew he had a bad tryout, and he kind of saw the getting cut coming. And uh, I think it's all in this kid's head. He's probably, you know, we pro- he's probably a much better player than he's playing. 
but boy, you get that in your head, and it's just—it's just a struggle with him right now. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like uh, you know when you have uh, a goal scorer who hasn't scored goals in a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes those guys are gripping the stick stick pretty hard, and uh, you get. They're just not getting the, the goals, and they just kind of keep pressing and pressing. And the same thing can be said for a defensive player. I mean, um, you know, it, maybe it's a little bit easier because it's more of a physical game, and you're just kind of playing angles and trying to play smart. But sometimes, you know, especially when you're handling the puck and you're trying to transition it, uh, if you're lacking confidence, you, you're prone to making more turnovers and making bad decisions. And uh, I think that's <laughs> that, that was what, clear what Thursday see. night when he gave up that puck right in front of the net. Right. Uh, I he, mean, you know. I'm, it's unfortunate because he is a good player. I think, you know, he's got some raw skills that, you know, I think with time can be very good. Obviously, when you're drafted where he was drafted, I mean, the pros think that you have that ability in the long run. And, um, you know, you just got to hope that the kid finds his game sooner than rather than later. Well, I, I just think it's uh, it's time for Lucia to make his decision. I mean, he can't keep putting these guys in and out. I mean, you need to get it with a lineup here and uh, – Obviously, we're voting for Sadik over Collins. Uh, you know, maybe get Glover out here in once in a while, but uh, uh, it, it's it's put up or shut up time. It really is. I mean, well, I get we're, you know, we're, I get why we, they we, we pretty much need to win out at least the regular season to even have a sniff at the tournament. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that I understand why Lucia would, especially when you don't have a normal, because you know, in a normal depth year you have eight defensive players and so I would understand especially earlier in the year and say to coming right out of high school why you might play things a little bit more conservatively with him but now that you're only a handful of weeks left in the year to me it's like you don't really have to worry so much about depth as much now you just gotta put the best lineup out there and if hey if you have to play somebody back on defense in a pinch because somebody gets hurt then so be it but uh you know, I, I agree with you that they got to start putting the best lineup in, and I think he's he's better than a couple of the guys that have been getting more regular ice time. Well, all in all, you know, the the Gophers are at least still in first place in the Big Ten. They do uh, control their destiny with the Big Ten. I mean, if they, if they win out the rest of their games, um, this will be the fifth year in a row they win the regular season championship. You know, three in the Big Ten, two in the old WCHA. Obviously, the Big Ten is down, but no matter what, it's still a good feat. So that really needs to be their goal right now. Just finish out the season and let's uh, let's win another regular season title. I know you're not big on banners. You like the other kind of banners. But uh, <laughs> it's all we have right now. Well, I mean, I, somebody was talking. I mean, I actually said this on GPL today that, um, you know, it, I would rather win banners no matter what they are, you know, whether it's regular season okay. or postseason. I and I don't care if it's, you know, yes, the Big Ten is down. Everybody's, I mean, it's well documented. But the reality is, is for most fans, you know, when you look back 10, 15, 20 years from now, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, but that was a down season back in 2016 or whatever. They're just going to see, oh, there's another banner from a certain year. I mean, um, you know, and I'm sure that the players feel the same way. And, you know, I, I just think that there's, People are just going a little overboard on the whole Big Ten negativity thing. I mean, yes, we know it's in transition. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, like the newspaper article that came out this last weekend. I mean, it really wasn't anything new. It was just kind of the same shit over did, and over again. Did you again. see I that mean, it was front cover of the sports section? 
I did see that. Yeah. So Tamir I, played. I, I did not know that. You know, I went to to, to my in laws' house. And he's like, uh, and uh, they 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 go, "Did you see this?" And I go, "Yeah, I, I know Rachel. I know she wrote about it, but I didn't realize it was a a huge story on the sports section." Well, I mean, I <laughs> I I don't know why they suddenly decided to. I mean, it must have been a slow sports weekend or something because. It's not like that discussion hasn't been going on amongst the fans for the better part of a year. Um, so to me, it's sort of like a, a no-brainer kind of a thing. It should have been written longer ago. And, and frankly, it has been written before. Just another you know version of the same story that we've seen written. Now, granted, it, it might have its tweaks here or there and, and different quotes, but you know, it's really nothing different. And so I just kind of felt like, really, we're still going to be talking about this um, well, th- 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 there's a reason they're talking about it, Hammy. I mean, I mean, just like she said, I mean, the, the fans are still pissed. They're gonna be pissed. And the thing is, Rachel, uh, Rachel Blount, you know, she hasn't been around the program recently. The, the Star Tribune has uh, kept her doing a lot of other stuff, and it wasn't until really uh, the last few months that they you know, brought her back, and she's pretty much covering the team now. And one thing I like about Rachel is that she's always interested in what is going on besides the team. She wants to know what the fans are thinking. She wants to know what's going on behind the scenes. And I, I think that's why she started to look into it, because she's hearing all this stuff, so she wants to write about it. Gonzalez didn't do so much of that recently. So, Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I've met her. I mean, I remember when she – I mean, she was on the Gopher Beat back when they were in their title days. So, I mean, yep. I remember meeting yep. her way back then. And, you know, yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about her. She was a really nice person, and – I think she's very good at her job. I just think that the story itself, um, for most, at least the diehards that would really, you know, make up a lot of what we, t- we, you know, for have for on GPL or listening to this podcast, it's like, that's nothing new. You know, anything that was written in there was really nothing new. And at some point people just really have to decide, are you just going to throw all your energy behind it or not? And I agree that, you know, at least from what I, the golfers do control they need to make some changes you know in particular mm-hmm. fan experience ticket prices things of that nature i mean they've got to do things that are gonna create more interest you can't be pricing things that the, like they did back when we were playing you know north dakota and some of the more local teams that had local fans that you could sell extra tickets for and um, they're gonna have to find different ways and and uh but there's also nothing they're really gonna be able to do about conference stuff i mean really the reality is is every program has to take its own responsibility and being the best it can be and wisconsin needs to get its act together um certainly you know michigan state um they've they've won a title they have to be more consistent so i mean it's just every team has to kind of take some responsibility and act and improve and the gophers are part of that they need to do better than what they've shown this year well I, I was just surprised, you know, you know, obviously it's probably old news for us, but I think by having it as a type of headline story in the strip and on the front page of the sports section, I think it does kind of bring attention to what's going on to maybe the people who don't follow the team as closely. I mean, right. maybe, maybe that's what they're but going what, after. I'm not really sure. Well, at the end of the day, though, I, I asked myself, what is really going to change? They're not going to change conferences. They might. I do believe they're yeah. going to add affiliate teams in a few years. I've heard a few things thrown around. Um, 
so I, I do believe that that's going to inevitably happen because I just don't think a six-team league is really going to do it. Um, and obviously, we're not going to see any major investment from other Big Ten schools. So we're going to—I really do believe they're going to add a couple affiliate teams at some point. Um, they're going to have to. I mean, yeah. Really, the question is, is you know, who is it going to be? Um, and frankly, I, I don't see them adding. And this is no disrespect, but I mean, I don't see them adding a UMD or St. Cloud. You know, these are not going to really do a hell of a lot for no. the league. I mean, they're good programs. Don't get me wrong, but they're not going to do a hell of a lot for the league. I mean, you, they couldn't even add a North Dakota or anything like that. I mean, they're just—they're just not they. One thing about the Big Ten is you do need to have higher standards of education. Not trying to rip these schools, but um, they need to be uh, a little better. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't I'm not know sure what, what the exact you rules know, are, but I know that uh, you couldn't just grab any team and throw them in the Big Ten, which is maybe why you know people have mentioned Arizona State, big university, high end, you know, education, something like that would be a better fit on, you know, as a school range, maybe not hockey-wise, but as a school or associate Big Ten member would make a better fit than, like you said, a St. Cloud, North Dakota, or whoever. Well, I mean, it's not, you know, and it's not like football or basketball where you have an abundance of, you know, power schools or or well-known names are out there. So, I mean, it's kind of a limited list if you're going to, use that as criteria and uh, certainly there's some options out there that might fit Um, it's just a matter of um, are they going to pursue those or not you know and from a competitive standpoint you ask if you know hey is an Arizona state actually going to do much for I mean obviously they're not going to be doing much for a competitive standpoint Um, it just well you know it's it's another it's another cake team, you know what I mean? So you have to kind of well, ask yourself. Well, we yourself. thought Penn State was going to be that too, but, you know, of all the Big Ten schools, Penn State's been the most impressive, you know, as, as embracing the league and improving, so. Right, but, you know, and, I, and like I've been touting them from the start. I thought that they would be very good, and, you know, and they haven't disappointed at all in that sense. I mean, I think they're right on target for being a, a really good program, especially five, ten years from now. Um and being kind of one of those competitive, you know, teams that are competing for an NCAA spot most years. Um, so I, th- I think that's good, but um, they, they also had incredible investment right out of the gate. Um, you know, obviously having whatever millions of dollars thrown into the rank and everything else. And um, they've certainly done a good job marketing to their fan base. So, you know, they're kind of, I think a blueprint, but I don't know that Arizona state's really going to have that. Uh, given the fact it's not really in hockey territory per se, and they're not really going to have that kind of investment either. So I guess we'll see. We will see indeed. Well, before we move on, we need to listen to our sponsor. Vintage Minnesota Hockey wants you to take a step back in time and keep the memories of Minnesota Hockey Heritage alive forever. VintageMNHockey.com features history from around the entire state of Minnesota. One feature that I enjoy on a daily basis is the This Day in Minnesota Hockey History that is on their website. They have tons of info on what's happening on any particular day in Minnesota Hockey History. 
Now, for those of you who want that brand new gold jersey that just came out this season for the Gophers, the one with the Minnesota emblem on the collar, Vintage has it for you. So make sure you visit the store and take a look at that jersey. They just made it available within the last week. You can get it customized with your number, your name, however you want. And if you use the code GPL Podcast, you can get 10% off your order. So make sure you head over to the store and head over to VintageMNHockey.com. Okay, Hammy. Big Ten standings. Minnesota up by one over Michigan, up by seven over Penn State. Looks like Penn State's pretty much behind us for now, as long as we don't do any major choke jobs. Um, for the t- league title, it's looking pretty good right now. I mean, well, we, we I mean, are playing I, the two bottom teams of the league. Obviously, going on the road is never easy, but it's really Minnesota's league to lose right now. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, especially when you're coming into the final few weeks with the lead. I mean, I agree with that. I, I am a little bit, you know, the way that this team has been this year, I don't feel at all confident in anything, you know, because it just seems like right when you think they may have turned a corner, they, you know, just do something that kind of undermines your confidence in them. And, <laughs> um, you know, even if they're playing teams that aren't the greatest, uh, you know, really to me that Michigan State's going to be, you know, they're just one of those teams that I don't know what it is, if it's the style or what. It just seems like the Gophers always have those kind of tight games with them. Um, kind of reminds you a little bit of, like, some of the Anchorage games that we used to play back in the day. You know, where the talent, you definitely had the advantage, but just for one reason or another, the style and the grind it out and whatever else, it just uh, they would make it a lot tougher than you expect. Well, Minnesota definitely has the easier road compared to a Michigan. I mean, obviously, uh, Michigan technically still has Penn State to worry about. You know, Penn State's at Wisconsin this weekend, could get a sweep. And, you know, that kind of forces uh, Michigan to sweep Ohio State week this weekend. So just so Penn State's not within range of them, you know, for the last weekend. So nothing is set in stone yet. Uh, I, heck, even Ohio State could catch Penn State. There's all these weird little scenarios. But just for the sake of arguing, it's looking like Minnesota and Michigan will be the top two seeds. You just never know. We'll just have to wait and see. I mean, obviously, uh, it wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if uh, Ohio State snuck one out this weekend just to give us some breathing room with uh, Michigan. But we'll just have to hope and just just keep winning is really all it comes down to. Just keep winning, and you'll be in top in the first place. So. Well, you never know, especially, I mean, let's face it, in Michigan and Ohio State and, and any sport, you know, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, I mean, they, there's no love lost there. They're kind of like their own version of North Dakota, Minnesota, in a sense. And and uh, so they're, you know, you never know what's going to happen in that. And Penn State has certainly played Michigan rather well in the time that they've been in the Big Ten. And so, uh, you know, I I, you know, Gophers definitely have a little bit of easier road, but uh, like I said, it's kind of hard to feel fully confident when you you have a team that's been kind of inconsistent. And just to note, the Michigan-Ohio State Series is a home-and-home home, uh, on Friday and Sunday, so we kind of won't know until the very end of the weekend where Michigan lies in the standings. Uh, one note about TV this weekend, uh, the Friday game is on FSN Plus, but it's not really a Fox Sports North production. It's going to be a Fox Sports Detroit. So you're going to be getting those Detroit announcers, so don't get all excited, people. Obviously, the Saturday game, uh, 
is not on TV. Get over it. Listen to it online. You'll be fine. Oh, um, my God. I know. <laughs> I, you know, I've been starting to enjoy just listening to the radio for just about all broadcasts these days. You know, I, I, I rarely watch The Wild anymore because I can't stay in LaPanta. I'll literally sit on my computer and just listen to the stream because I it it's 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 fine for me. I don't know. The only thing well, I, I, mean, I, I I grew up on Al Shaver, yeah. and then I grew up on Tom Reed and uh, and Kurtz. You know, when they were actually on TV at the time, but not you know. So for me, <laughs> Kurtz and Reed. Listen, that's my first. That? that Kurtz and Reed is my first exposure to hockey on TV. Were those two calling the North Star games on Channel Nine back in the day? Yep. I mean, they, you know, so for me, pair. listening to the radio to these guys is not big. I mean, you know, it's kind of, I'm used to that. So I, I kind of think it's it's funny. And, you know, now these days, I mean, Grant, I understand people like, especially when there's streaming options available and whatever, I see why they get mad about some of that stuff. And if something's not available, you know, on streaming or whatever. But Well, you can stream it. It's just a paid stream this weekend. Right. All. No, I know. But I'm just saying, and during, sometimes there isn't even a stream available for certain games. So I, um, I understand when people get a little bit ticked about that. But uh, nonetheless, it's just kind of like, you know, what's the big deal? It's, it's one out of, you know, maybe, what, four or five games out of the yep. 34-plus game season. And, so and not that pl- big of a deal. And plus, I know Vigo's you know, saying to us right now, if he's listening that, if you if you work on or if you live on campus or you can VPN into the campus servers, you can watch the Big Ten Network streamed or the BTN Plus for free. So make sure you remember that. I mean, I, I know Veeks posts a way to do it, or he'll, he'll post on his Twitter uh, stream. Uh, you know how do people if, how to either VPN or how to get access to it. So if you're at the U, if you're a student, you can watch the game for free. You can stream it. So don't bitch. All right. Don't pitch. I agree. Um, the, season's, the season's winding down, though, here, Hammy. Obviously, we've got Michigan State this week. Follow it up with uh, the Badgers, who are really bad uh, at home. Maybe we can uh, bring home the trophy you know, that weekend. I but, mean, that uh, was probably, I mean, they had their own newspaper article, what, today did. or yesterday or whatever it was. They kind did. of almost like their version of the that same story, you know, just a little bit different, obviously, because their their record has been god awful. But uh. well, one thing was interesting is it was a Todd Molesky. I don't know, don't know how to pronounce his last name. He pretty much follows them. And uh, the one thing I did notice that they, they said their lowest crowd was six thousand or something like that. But the ticket scan for that game this year was thirty eight hundred. Yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty bad. That is not. That's not pretty bad. That's beyond bad, dude. Well, when you consider what what their, you know, their attendance figures were just you know four or five years ago, I mean that's really fallen off a cliff for that. You know, for how it used to be. You know, they led the league for what thirty years in a row. Well, I don't know if it was that mean, much, I, but I mean, I, mean, I was, know that. Well, you at, know, at it, the old at the old Dane, they packed him in there, and then. Uh, you know they moved to the Cole Center and they led the they led the NCAA in attendance every year until just the last few years. Every year it was always Wisconsin. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, sorry, Eves, you, you've got no one else you can fire besides yourself now. Well, you know, and the sad thing for them is that Wisconsin was always well known for having a really good fan experience. You know, and the students would be really into it and. I mean, I would agree. 
you know, it's falling off the planet in that <laughs> sense too. You know, it's not just the attendance, but it's just the enthusiasm and. Um, I haven't been to to Madison in about ten years, but when I did go, it was you know, uh, it must have been you know the Kessel year, so I guess two thousand four or five in that area. And I was really impressed with their crowd there. Sure, they didn't know what the hell they were talking about, but they were loud and they were into the game. Their student section was off the charts, uh, and now it's just a pile of shit. Sorry, yeah, this well, is. I mean, you know, that Wisconsin, you know, is going to be, they're going to have to be one of those teams that, you know, they're they're dragging the big town, their Big Ten down as much as anybody as far as. One you know, league they, win, I would say so. <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody would have imagined that, no. you know, when, when the Big Ten was announced. I mean, they everybody, including myself, felt like, well, we know that most years you're going to be able to count on. Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin being true contenders yep. to uh, at least at a minimum be in the NCAA's and to see what's happened at Wisconsin. I mean, it's been it's been god awful and unexpected. And I mean, even though we're Gopher fans and we hate Wisconsin, we need that program to be competitive. And um, you know, at least from a conference prestige standpoint, you need them to be back on track. So, uh, well, I you know, right what you're thinking there. We thought it was going to be Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin every year, one of those two teams. Every few years you'd get an Ohio State or Michigan State contending, and we all thought Penn State was going to be at the bottom forever. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> sure, Minnesota and Michigan's up there, but obviously Penn State has really improved their program. And the last two years, Wisconsin, like you said, just flat-out embarrassing. Yep, it hasn't been good, that's oh, for sure. Boy. Eric Raymond's wanting to know, what does Wisconsin lose and gain for players next year? Who do they have coming in next year? Do you know? God. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, they've got a lot of guys. I mean, you'd think that they have a roster of, like, 30 guys <laughs> or whatever, you know, the way that they've been kind of, you know, bringing guys in piecemeal here. That Just when you think that they're done recruiting, they add another guy. And, I mean, so I don't know. It just kind of seems like they're throwing as many bodies um, as they can at it. And, you know, I don't know who they're going to lose as far as, I mean, if you're a, a good player like Bessie, I mean, he still has eligibility left, but do you really want to come back to that, especially after being in it for two years of crap? It's like, um, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of yeah. hard to say who's going to be back. You think of the skill and the talent Bessie has, and he's been on probably the two, well, one of the last year's team was the worst team, and this year is just marginally better. Well, I mean, I got to be honest with you. I didn't feel, I, I don't, and I've said this back even before that Wisconsin started sucking. I don't feel bad for any forward that ends up in that program and it doesn't end up scoring as much or whatever because they were always pretty. I mean, with the, with the exception of a couple of years, Eves has never had really high powered offensive teams, and so it's like, dude, if you're going to pick that kind of a team, then don't complain when your numbers aren't there and if the team's not doing well and you're frustrated it's kind of like well you kind of get what you asked for and um, especially from a forward I mean you know they've been great with defensemen over the years but forwards you know it's been a different story so I don't I didn't feel terribly sorry for Bessie in that sense he kind of knew what he was getting into maybe not this bad but nonetheless so what about this weekend Michigan State what are you thinking split sweep (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry it's tough to not say split I mean the way like you said it seems like they have one good game a weekend and one bad game a weekend Uh, 
But uh, the, the bottom line is, it's like time to put up or shut up. I mean, you have to sweep. But really, the fact that we're just even thinking about a split is just shows the kind of confidence we have in this team this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even <laughs> honestly, I don't even have a good prediction because it's like uh, normally, even when they're playing really, really well. I mean, I don't know that I would feel because there's just something about Michigan State that they always mm-hmm. seem to on the road just sneak a point or two away from you. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we lost, a few, you know, a few points this weekend. It would not surprise me at all. Well, we'll just have to wait and see. I, don't I know, agree. I, I don't know what else to say. Obviously, the game's 6 o'clock games this week, people, so make sure you tune in early. And don't bitch about the TV because I hate it when you bitch about the TV. Me too. You got anything else? No, I mean, you know what? I, I, it's been... Uh, a whirlwind for me since I've been I was on the road and I just haven't had as much time to really focus on the team this week so I don't have a, uh, a whole boatload of other things to say about it. what's going on we'll just have to see how this weekend goes and then collect our thoughts for next week alright well remember you can follow Hammy Hockey at Hammy Hockey on Twitter Vigo's not here but you can always follow him at EVigo on Twitter we'll be back next week to recap this Michigan State game Hopefully have a scenario of how the Gophers can win. But we'll just have to wait and see. Until then, thanks for listening. Big Ten regular season titles mean this team? I mean, obviously the postseason defines team. What's the regular season title mean? Well, it means that uh, you're the best team in your conference over the course of the year. I've always maintained that uh, March, and we talked to our guys, March is about trying to hang a banner. And uh, there's always three opportunities every year. And that's a regular season of playoffs, and then certainly the NCAA come the end of the year. Um, but uh, the regular season is in some ways the most difficult because of it's over the course of a season, not one weekend or two weekends, and um, it is important. I think anytime you can, you know, look up in the rafters and hang another batter, that batter, that's a good thing. Do you, do you uh, I mean, sometimes you see this in basketball as well, where the automatic bid goes to the team that wins the playoff championship, and it seems like that's a little bit diluted if you only had to win two games or three games as opposed to 18 games. Well, there, there's one simple reason they do it, uh, and that is to, the playoffs have to mean something, and we all know, for the most part, the playoffs are about revenues. You know, especially at the, the basketball level, those those tournaments and with TV, and otherwise there wouldn't be much incentive. Um, so that that's why it's set up the way it is and gives everybody an opportunity at the end of the year to, especially for a team that maybe gets hot at the end or plays really well the second half, might have had some injuries the first half of the season, they still have an opportunity to, to play themselves in and in something that's meaningful. You like your team right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it's we've improved a lot since the beginning of the season, and and. Uh, done a good job as far as within the Big Ten, especially on the road. We're 6-2 and two right now and on the road, and that's a big reason why we're still sitting where we are. And You know, have been pretty lucky a little bit, and I think we've won four overtime games in the Big Ten, and that's a lot of points right there. Um, so now it comes down to our last four. We put our you know, the big uh, win Friday was important for us to stay 2-2. Two and two. If Michigan would have beaten us, the, the conference race was over at that point in time. So we have a one-point lead, four games to go, and now we have to head to East Lansing, and I think they're 2-0-1 in their last three games. It looked like 
you know, they're the team everybody thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They're starting to play better. Goaltenders playing better, so we'll have a difficult weekend in East Lansing. With where, yeah, with where your team is headed, and both the standings and the paralyzed, is six points necessary for this to be a success? Well, I mean, <laughs> you play one game at a time. I mean, it's the old added question always is, you know, can we win tonight? And then you win tonight, can we win the next night? And then you go back to work. So, um, obviously, we put ourselves in the position that we're in. Um, you know, wins are important for us at this stage of the season, like they are for everybody. And, um, you know, we're on a, kind of the edge, uh, but still on the outside looking in. So, wins become really important. But um, the first order of business is to, you know, the Big Ten is still at stake right now, and we want to do everything we can to try to win it. We, we talked yesterday about uh, special teams needing to ramp it up. Uh, what are your plans for practice this week and going into the weekend? Well, we work on our specialty teams every every week, and you know, just kind of look back on our power play. I think nine of the twelve Big Ten games, the second half of the year, we haven't scored a power play goal. So it's a little surprising we've had the record we have because we've been doing it more five on five uh, than certainly with the power play. Uh, part of it is we haven't had a lot of opportunities. You know, a lot of you know zero for two or zero for three in a game, and even Friday was a good example. I think we had two power plays, and both were negated with penalties halfway through it. So, uh, but it is an area that uh, we have to try to get a goal a night, and that would go a long way in helping us win games to get to this time of the year. When you're still so young on defense, what do you expect from guys like Bishop and Bronzinski? Well, I mean, the whole crew. I mean, everybody has to step up their game at this time of the year. I mean, they're towards the end of their junior year now, so they're pretty much veterans. Other guys have come on. Jack Sadix, you know, come in and, and uh, got himself in the lineup a, a lot here the second half of the season. He's done a nice job. You know, Sealers really improved after sitting out the early part of the year. Uh, so when you look at our, our the guys that play, uh, they're pretty balanced. We don't rely on any one or two guys. We don't rely on, you know, a shutdown pair or anything like that. We, you know, Mike's not afraid to play all these guys against anybody and you know that's a pretty good thing that you feel comfortable with any of the group out in the ice you said this team has looked better in the smaller rinks than the bigger rink at times what do you think it is that makes them look so well i don't know if we get into the net a little bit easier or not so much easier but uh you know quicker um you know we're, when we have good puck support uh all over the rink you know, from the defensive zone and our breakouts, you know, we're able to hit our center coming out and, and doubling pucks a little bit quicker. Uh, maybe that's part of it. Um, and, and uh, you know, we've been able to win some games on the road. And, you know, other than the Wisconsin series, those are all in small sheets. So um, another important weekend. I mean, it's they get magnified in March. You know, March is the month. And, and so, you know, we're, we're guaranteed five more games. That's all we're guaranteed. So, you know, we're going to do everything we can every time we lace up the skates to play the best we possibly can. Do you think a smaller rink will help your power play by forcing them to be a little closer? I, I don't know. I mean, it, that, that really hasn't had much of a factor home or away. Um, if, you know, we Penn State, we didn't score either game. Ohio State, we didn't score either game. So we, we've got to try to generate it. I don't think we, we get enough pucks on the net. I don't think uh, we're, we're getting some pucks through. Um, and, and that's going to be an important thing this weekend. Michigan State's a real veteran team. What do you expect from them this time around? Well, I've always said whenever we play them, they're a really good skating team. They can get up and down the rink well. Hilda Grant, we know how good he can play. Um, and, you know, we've had, seems like the last three years, and they've all been good, close, tight games. And, you know, I expect the same this weekend. You know, you know we know the formula. we got to get to three to give ourselves a chance to win. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Okay. So what do you think of special teams at this point in the season for the Gulfs? 
Special teams, I think our uh, penalty kills been improving. I mean, we had a little hiccup earlier in the season against St. Cloud. I think they scored like five, but ever since then, I think we've been uh, doing all right and uh, working to get better. And our power play has uh, also been working hard to get better. We've been shuffling around a little bit, trying to figure out what works. But I think uh, we're we're getting there, and I think it should be all right. What did you, four of your five goals have come on the power play. What's been the yeah. secret to your success? <laughs> I've just been shooting the puck, and uh, the puck's had some eyes a couple times. So <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, just been having good screen, good net traffic in front, and uh, able to get a couple pucks through, and they've been able to go in for me. So it's been it's been nice. What did you learn from that 10-minute stretch Thursday where Michigan scored three straight uh, that you were able to use on Friday to hold them to under two? Or yeah, you know, Michigan, they're sort of uh, – they can score in bunches like that. We knew that going into it, and uh, uh, I think on uh, Friday we were just able to play uh, solid defense the entire game. You know, I mean, 60-minute game, you need to play all 60 minutes if you're going to want a chance to uh, win. So I think on Friday we were able to learn that and uh, able to do that. And we were lucky. It took more than 60 minutes Friday, but we were able to get it done. So it was big. As the two veteran defensemen, um, how has it been playing with Mike? Um, there. It's uh, been great playing with uh, Bradzi. I mean, me and him get along really well on and off the ice, and uh, we're starting to get some uh, good chemistry, and we know uh, where each other, or know where we're going to be on the ice, and uh, we, we communicate well with each other, so it's been an uh, awesome, unbelievable experience playing with him. What do you do um, to help some of the younger guys, especially toward the end of the season when the stakes are so high? Yeah, you know, I just stay positive in the locker room everywhere and uh, be encouraging to them, and uh, just uh, be supportive and uh, sort of show them the ropes, I guess. What bothers you about Michigan State? What are the what are the concerns going in this weekend? Uh, Michigan State is a tough team to play against. I think they play really hard, and you know they're going to be physical and uh, be on you on the forecheck. So we just got to be ready for that and uh, match their intensity, and hopefully we'll be all right. With Hildebrand in goal, what kind of challenge does that present for you guys? Yeah, Hildebrand's always. Uh, great goaltender, you know, he's a world-class goalie. He's, uh, he has the ability to steal a game once in a while for them, so I think we're just going to need to get a lot of pucks on that and crash the net and go for rebounds and stuff. You're going to have to get, this time of year, it's going to have to be some greasy goals once in a while, so I think we're going to just need to get some rebound goals, and hopefully uh, that will be enough for us. With where the team is in the Big Ten standings and nationally, is it is it is it a six week or is it a six point weekend uh, necessary to be success? I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah, towards the end of the year here, I think uh, every game is really important, and uh, you need to go into every game uh, wanting to win and sort of expecting to win. I think too at the same time. So I think uh, definitely going into this weekend, we're definitely looking to go in there and take six points. And uh, if we get anything less, we're not going to be happy or we won't be happy with it. You know. Quite a weekend last weekend against a high-scoring team, eh? Yeah, yeah, up and down weekend. Um, but you know what? We uh, at the end of the weekend, we're still leading the Big Ten, so that's what we wanted to do. So uh, we're in a good position for these uh, last four games. You know, three of those six periods, Michigan hardly got a shot in uh, yeah. second and third of Thursday, and same thing with Friday in the third period. Really had to be impressed with the guys in front of you. Yeah, uh, to kind of slow down a high-scoring offense like that, shot-wise, that was good. So. Uh, you know, it shows shows what kind of team we can be when, when we're clicking on all cylinders and, and the guys are dialed in, so it's good to see. So you've seen Michigan State. What do you expect from them this weekend? Uh, you know what? They they play a good team game, and they got a great goaltender, so 
we have a good goaltender, uh, you know, you can win any game. So we got to be on our game to beat them. Coach said uh, earlier that March is the month to hang banners. What does it mean, I guess, to get that taste of it and hopefully see how far you guys can go and make this a special season? Yeah, you know, coming into the program, you see, you know, obviously all the banners up in Mariucci and you see all the success that they've had and you want to be a part of that. So as a freshman, you want to kind of contribute to that success and, and to be a part of championship teams. So I'm looking forward to it. What are some of the older guys telling you, I guess, preparation-wise for this run? I mean, they're telling us that they're big games and, and obviously these matter, which, I mean, that doesn't need to be emphasized to us. We know how big these games are. We know what the Big Ten standings look like, and, and we know what's at stake. So we'll be ready for it. With the season-long goals like making the tournament and winning the conference, how hard is it to take it one time, one game at a time? Yeah, it is hard because you do have that big picture uh, in your mind at all times, but, you, you know, you just got to constantly remind yourself that one game at a time because if you start thinking ahead, you're, you lose focus and, and it can affect your play. Do you notice the coaches emphasizing anything leading into this weekend? I mean, yeah, again, they're, they're big games, and, and like – uh, they said earlier, this is when you hang banners, and that's what our program's about is, is hanging banners and, and winning championships. So you need to step it up a notch here. You know, when play goes down to the other end of the rink, do you ever spend time just kind of watching what the other goalie does? Oh, not really. I, I kind of try to focus on my own game uh, and try to stay in the moment because, again, if you start uh, focusing on other things in the game, all of a sudden you get a two-on-one maybe down your end. You're not ready for it. You're gonna get scored on. That can't happen. So I just try to focus on my game. When you take some time to look at video, do you spend uh, time taking a look at tendencies of certain players? Uh, I wouldn't say I look at video tendencies of certain players. We look at video tendencies of power plays. So you know, hey, do they like throwing shots from the point? Do they like slot plays? Do they like shots from the flank? That's kind of what I look at. And then maybe Coach Patoni will come to me and say, hey, this team likes shooting sharp angle shots or, or whatnot. So he kind of gives me the lowdown on that, and the video is more for power play.